May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning, my friends. I am so happy to be back up here speaking to you all again, and I'm so very grateful to Father Greg and Brandon for affording me the opportunity. We've got an interesting reading from the Gospel of Luke today, one I found more and more interesting as I prepared to speak on it. It's something of an oddity, really, because it's one of the rare instances in the Gospel that someone asks Jesus a question, and he gives them a clear, straightforward answer. We're told that Jesus was at prayer when one of his disciples asked him to teach him how to pray. Jesus replies with what we have come to call the Lord's Prayer. This short, simple prayer is beyond familiar to us. We say it in every Eucharist service, as well as during both morning and evening prayer. I imagine most of us can say it without the need to even switch on our brains. But I think this very familiarity can have a way of obscuring the meaning of the words we are saying. First, the simple fact that Jesus teaches us to address God as Father. This is no surprise, of course. For those of us who grew up in the Christian faith, we've spent our whole lives from a young age hearing that God is our Heavenly Father and that we are all children of God. Even if one didn't have a religious upbringing, this language pervades our culture and to the point that of being nearly ubiquitous. Due to this, I think we can often miss how, and pardon my language here, crazy that concept is. God, the creator of all that is or ever will be, master of all creation, that God is not just Jesus' father, but ours too. And we are his children. This marks a change in the nature of God's relationship with us. Before this point, God's relationship with humanity had been somewhat distant. God had had relationships with individuals, sure, but his relationship with humanity broadly was that of a king to be obeyed, of a ruler and those who he ruled. Jesus' ministry marks an evolution in this dynamic. It demonstrates that God is seeking to have that personal relationship with each and every one of us, as a parent does with their children. And this shift in our relationship with him undergirds the entire rest of the prayer, that we can actively anticipate entering into his kingdom, that we can freely ask for the forgiveness of sins, and most of all, that we can ask him to provide us what we need, even as simple a thing as the very food we eat. The parable that follows the Lord's Prayer is one of my personal favorites. Jesus asks us to imagine that we have a friend and that we go to him at midnight and ask him to help us. We have a guest, you see, but no food to give our guest. Now, initially, our friend refuses us. It's late, the door is bolted, and he's in bed. But Jesus assures us that if we continue in our asking, eventually, Our friend will, if for no other reason than our persistence, provide us with what we need. Now, I doubt I'll be surprising anyone with the revelation that our friend in this analogy is God. And I think a cursory reading of this parable could be really disheartening. I mean, Jesus is basically comparing our prayers to bothering God in the middle of the night, right? 
That's hardly something I want to do. (laughs) But I would remind you what we heard immediately before the parable. Jesus just taught his disciples to pray and very explicitly taught them to pray to God for things they need. So what's going on here? Well, maybe I was a bit too hasty in saying that Jesus gave a straightforward answer. However, I feel pretty confident in saying that Jesus doesn't want us to take away from this parable the idea that God only answers prayers begrudgingly. That's not the God I know, and I hope that isn't the God you know either. Instead, I think we can find our missing puzzle piece in the third section of today's reading. Specifically, at the very end in verse 13, when Jesus says, If you then who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I think Jesus is illustrating the same point in his parable. If even we, in our broken and limited state, can be moved to help one another by persistence, how much more can our Father above be moved to help us? Because God is always willing to give us what we need. Of this, scripture assures us time and time again. Because God wants only good things for us and seeks only relationship with us. So, I think Jesus is really telling us to pray brazenly. To ask God for anything and everything we feel we need. To not wait until we've exhausted all our mortal efforts to finally turn to God. To not treat him as some sort of divine, in case of emergency, break glass, last resort but to ask for his help in all times and places. As with our mortal parents when we were children, things are always easier to fix when we involve God earlier rather than later. I think we as human beings have a tendency to think that anything we get of value must have some cost to it. We have to earn it somehow, especially it seems in our culture. I grew up hearing from the world at large, if something seems too good to be true, it probably is, and you're not going to get anything just handed to you for free, and there's always a catch. But that's the thing. We do get at least one thing in life for free. One thing that we don't have to deserve or merit in any way. One thing I don't think we can deserve. We get the love of our Heavenly Father, completely free of charge, no catch. Now, I'm not saying that you won't have to expend some time and effort on building a relationship with him, but I am saying that the foundation of that relationship, the love that we receive from God, that is yours, each and every one of you, and there is nothing that you or anyone else could ever do to change that. If you take nothing else from me today, take the knowledge that you are a beloved child of our Father in heaven. He loves you, has loved you, and will continue to love you to the end of eternity. No matter how many times we stumble and fall, no matter how many times we run away, no matter how many times we refuse to love ourselves, God's love, the gift of the Holy Spirit, that will always be there for us. All we have to do is seek, and we shall find it. Amen.